Hello, friends. As we fast approach Christmas this year, I thought I'd do a special episode about the origins of Santa Claus, namely the real historical person of Saint Nicholas. After all, Santa Claus comes from the word Sinterklaas, which is actually Dutch for the name of Saint Nicholas. What we know of this man is as much shaped by history as it is by legend. Nevertheless, his legacy is quite tangible, and will be adequate enough to offer us some timely reflections this Christmas. So, way before the more common commercial depictions of a jolly fat man with reindeer, the life of Saint Nicholas has actually been celebrated by the Church for both his generosity and his holiness. Saint Nicholas was not originally from the North Pole, sorry guys, but rather was born in the fourth century in the town of Myra, in Asia Minor, or modern-day Turkey. His parents were named Theophanes and Nonan, and like the biblical figures of Abraham and Sarah, were unable to have a child for a long time. When they finally gave birth to Nicholas, they saw it as a generous gift of God, them being both Christians, and commended him to God with much thanks. Nicholas's uncle, the local bishop at the time, also recognized a special anointing upon him and encouraged him to the priesthood at a young age. When Nicholas's parents died, they bequeathed to him a great wealth, which Nicholas immediately distributed to the poor of the area. He was not at all tempted by wealth, for he was a simple man and had indeed given his life to humble service as a priest. Now, throughout his lifetime, there are many accounts of Nicholas's generosity and good works, including calming a storm, resurrecting slain children, and even slapping the heretic Arius during the Council of Nicaea. But probably one of the most famous stories about Saint Nicholas, and perhaps one that is most remembered, involves the secret giving of gifts. So what happened was there was a wealthy man in Myra who suddenly, through circumstances beyond his own control, lost all his wealth. Now this man had three daughters under his care, but without any money, he would be unable to provide a dowry for them to be married. Such circumstances at the time meant that prostitution or some other demeaning activity would be their only option for survival, especially if the father was going to pass away soon. Upon hearing this, Saint Nicholas secretly visited the family by night three times, dressed in furs. Each time, he threw a bag of money through the family's window. With each bag enough for the father to arrange to pay a dowry for one of his daughters, but the man was curious about who the mysterious donor was. So, for the third daughter, he sort of stayed up at night and watched the window all night. But Nicholas, seeing the father looking out for him, wanted to remain hidden. So instead, climbs onto the roof and throws the bag of money down the chimney into the fireplace. Some of the accounts of the story says that the money, or at least some of the coins, landed in the stockings being dried by the fireplace, from which the tradition of hanging Christmas stockings arises. Oh, and if you ever wondered about candy canes during Christmas, they can also be linked to Saint Nicholas because they actually represent the bishop's crozier, that staff, the shepherd's crook thing that carrots, the carrots that bishops carry, <laughs> carrots, reindeers, ha. That and the fact that Saint Nicholas or Santa wears red is a long tradition tracing back to the early church, where Eastern bishops were indeed adorned in red and white. Interesting. Unlike popular rumors, Coca-Cola did not, in fact, invent Santa's red costume, though they probably could be credited for depicting him as a fat and jolly and bushy-bearded old man. But anyway, back to the story. So before Saint Nicholas's identity could be discovered by the father, he had vanished off the roof and into the night, even while leaving the family very blessed by his visit. 
And Nicholas's legacy of secret gift giving to the poor continues right throughout his lifetime. So much so, it became legendary and became the thing he was known for. We don't know exactly when and how St. Nicholas died. But as his feast day is the 6th of December and always coincides with Advent, throughout history, St. Nicholas's story has become associated with Christmas giving. The later, more commercialized depictions of Santa, you know, his reindeer and the North Pole and sleigh bells and so on,、uh, we can owe to a number of factors, such as Clement Clarkmore's infamous The Night Before Christmas poem, which, even though it was referring to St. Nicholas explicitly, Pretty much gives a perfect description of many secular Santa Claus traditions we know today, such as the names of his reindeer and his sack full of toys. Other European Yuletide folk stories, such as the Italian tale of the flying Lebafana lady, may also have contributed to features such as a flying Santa who gives gifts to good little children. Okay, so how can knowing the story of the real St. Nicholas help us enter into Christmas season deeper? Well, let's consider Nicholas's example of gift giving. Presents are, of course, a wonderful feature of Christmas time, and much attention is spent on both buying and receiving them for our loved ones. But St. Nicholas reminds us of the beauty of giving gifts to those who are most in need. Without this act of goodness, things could have turned out quite differently for the girls in the story, which only highlights the preciousness of his gifts. His actions, of course, reflect the Gospel's preferential option for the poor. Where love is to be especially shown to those who cannot pay us back. In our story, Nicholas made sure of this by hiding his identity as the local bishop of Myra. His actions reflect something of the generosity of God during the first Christmas, the original Christmas, in which God gave freely of himself to us, the most needy, without any expectation of us paying him back. Thus is the nature of grace. Further, the Gospel of Matthew reminds us that. When you give to the needy, do not let your left hand know what your right hand is doing, so that your giving may be in secret. Then your Father, who sees what is done in secret, will reward you. This injunction again sheds fresh light upon our attitude of gift giving at Christmas. How might we give in secret this Christmas in such a way that can bless and honor others purely for their own benefit? How can we be the gift to others and not demand anything in return? This reflection may lead us to think outside the box of gift giving, traditional gift giving, and perhaps consider how to quietly bless others behind the scenes through works of mercy, sacrificing extra time for someone, attention to someone, or praying for someone, or even speaking well of someone. And as we do these things, let us draw closer to the first Christmas present God gave the world, baby Jesus Himself. His blessings arrived not in noisiness and crowds and parties, but in a quiet, humble manger. So I'll leave all these reflections with you, friends, as we all journey towards Christmas. Thank you so much again for your companionship throughout this year, and please know that I pray for each of you all the time as we do life together. Similar to last year, I will be taking a break from the Myth Pilgrim throughout January. But I look forward to recommencing our journey sometime soon after that. Till then, I wish you all a very, very merry Christmas. Journey forth. Take care, and God bless.